0: Safety net health systems serve patients who have limited access to health care. Such systems face resource constraints that raise important ethical issues. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Dave Chokshi, a professor at the Colin Powell School for Civic and Global Leadership at the City College of New York and a physician at Bellevue Hospital. Dr. Chakshi has co-authored a perspective article about providing care in safety net health systems as part of the journal series on the fundamentals of medical ethics. Dr. Chakshi, how are safety net systems different from other healthcare systems in the United States in terms of their mission and in terms of the patients they serve?
1: The fundamental mission of safety net health systems is to serve patients who have limited access to healthcare services. Often these are patients who are low income, Sometimes patients who are uninsured or on Medicaid and in our perspective piece, which I co-authored with Dr. Fred Cerise, the CEO of Parkland Health System. We argue that it's this mission taken at the same time as the context of constrained resources that so many safety net health systems face that shapes the most
0: salient ethical issues faced by safety net clinicians and leaders. So- Speaking of resources, how are these systems funded and what types of resource constraints do they face?
1: Safety net systems get funding from a variety of different sources. Often they're funded by government, both by government payers like Medicaid predominantly as well as Medicare. And they often have additional government funding, for example, via county or city government. They also get revenue in all of the ways that other health systems do for example, via private payers and via patients themselves. And so those are the primary ways that safety net health systems are funded. What's important is to mark a contrast between those sources and the general private health system, which often has a greater share of Medicare and commercial patients compared to safety net health systems who more often care for patients who have Medicaid or are uninsured
0: you write in your perspective article that various ethical frameworks could guide decisions about resource allocation and management in these settings. So what ethical frameworks are most relevant to decision-making in safety net systems?
1: One of the core concepts that we describe is the idea that resource constraints mean that each outlay for a patient's care must be measured against its opportunity costs. Now, this is true for any health system, of course, but it's felt far more acutely and viscerally in the safety net health system context. And so various ethical frameworks could guide decisions about resource allocation and management. We discuss a few in our perspective. For example, utilitarianism or consequentialism, which argues that limited resources should be allocated so as to maximize the health benefits for the population served. But one of the challenges with this is that a narrow focus on maximizing benefits ignores equity considerations, such as the distribution of benefits and costs among individuals and subgroups. Importantly, this can also mean that utilitarianism takes more of an ahistorical perspective that doesn't acknowledge how the past reverberates into the present day with respect to how resources have been distributed over time. We discuss another framework, known as targeted universalism. This is an ethical framework most closely associated with the scholar John A. Powell, which essentially says that an ethical balance would seek to set universal goals while allocating resources in a more targeted way, particularly based on how different groups are situated within structures, culture, and across geographies in order to obtain the universal goal. So those are some of the ethical frameworks that we discuss. But the other important point that we make is that practically there are tensions that arise in any attempt to operationalize these ethical precepts. This is when the clean theories run into the messiness of the real world. And so we use a patient vignette and we draw upon our experiences, both in exam rooms as well as in boardrooms at safety net health systems to explore some of these specific examples of ethical issues.
0: Looking at those boardrooms and exam rooms, a double-barreled question, what ethical considerations affect system-level decisions made by leaders, such things as what kinds of services to invest in, and then at the level of the clinician, what ethical issues affect day-to-day practice in these healthcare settings?
1: We go through about five categories of ethical issues, and many of them affect both clinicians and leaders. And so it is sometimes hard to tease apart exactly on what plane those decisions are being made. But let me just go through those five categories briefly. First, resource allocation and management. Second, access to the quote-unquote right care. For example, what's the right balance between emergency services or intensive care and primary care and preventive services? The third one we discuss is engaging in advocacy. The fourth is around clinician morale and well-being. And the fifth is building trust with marginalized communities. Each of these five categories of ethical issues often give rise to specific tensions. One example that we go through, for example, for resource allocation and management is how to calibrate service capacity to satisfy unmet demand. For example, in safety net health systems, they're often critical, but poorly reimbursed services inpatient psychiatric care, trauma care, or rehabilitation, and these are much needed both for individual patients and often at the community level. But because they are poorly reimbursed. We have to confront the opportunity cost of investing in those services compared to those that could generate more revenue, which would allow for expenditures in other parts of the system. So those are some of the balances that have to be struck with respect to the ethical issues that are confronted by clinicians and leaders.
0: You say in your article that the proposition of addressing patients' unmet social needs, such as homelessness, food insecurity, is vexing for safety net health systems. What are the tensions involved in those considerations, and what kinds of approaches have systems implemented?
1: Look, the reality is that for most patients served by safety net health systems, social factors unequivocally influence health outcomes. On the other hand, redressing entrenched economic inequities, countermanding structural racism, these are extraordinarily challenging issues, particularly for organizations who have limited resources, and a large mission as it is. So this could raise concerns about mission creep. But we can look to some safety net health systems that have been pioneers in bridging the gap. For example, developing and adapting approaches to screening for social needs, or partnering with community-based organizations and public health departments to actually meet those unmet social needs. In our perspective, we give the example of Boston Medical Center, a safety net health system in Massachusetts, which embeds financial services like tax preparation and other financial services in clinics to address poverty and health at the same time. And so there are these innovative approaches that allow certain systems to both take on these unmet social needs, uh, but often do it in a context that makes sense given the limited resources that many of these systems have. And that particular example, co-location of tax assistance services is something that has been demonstrated to have a positive return on investment, particularly from the patient perspective, but for the safety net health systems themselves as well.
0: Finally, what moral and ethical considerations are involved in broader questions about how safety net hospitals should be funded, and the role of other health systems in caring for uninsured and underinsured patients?
1: Yes, this is a critically important question because safety net health systems do not exist in a vacuum. They are a part of the broader healthcare system in the United States, and there are some realities associated with that. While we still do not have universal health coverage at the national level, That means there will always be what are sometimes called fair share considerations with respect to how uncompensated care how the care of uninsured patients as well as patients with medicaid is distributed across the different health systems hospitals community health centers that constitute the american healthcare system and so we argue that these are important considerations to surface For example, we talk about how there are unethical practices like patient dumping or patient steering whereby certain healthcare providers inappropriately transfer uninsured or low income patients towards safety net health systems. In the same vein, although it is a less obvious practice. There's the co-optation of certain programs, like the 340B Drug Discount Program and the Disproportionate Share Hospital or DISH Program, which were originally designed to support the mission of the safety net, but have been warped to benefit other, often better resource providers. So whether by steering patients or misdirecting funds, these practices often harm patients and undermine the financial solvency of safety net health systems. In the conclusion of our perspective, we make the case that we need to think about these ethical considerations in concert. It's not solely about the challenges that clinicians and leaders encounter within safety net health systems. There are also moral obligations for the rest of the healthcare system to support the safety net. This is true given their essential role for certain patients, but also for all of our communities. And so we invoke the ethical principle of solidarity, which is perhaps more commonly associated with discussions about healthcare outside of the United States to capture this mutuality of obligation. Both patients and broader communities benefit when safety and health systems are empowered with resources and by means of policy to fulfill their mission.
0: Thank you, Dr. Chakshi.